your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. In studio with me, Keith Knudsen, Viterbo political science professor. And we're going to have another special guest calling in in just a couple of minutes. How's it going, Keith? It's a great day. It is. It's a it's a nice spring day today. A little <laughs> it, bit. It felt like it on the walk over, Rick. Um, it's kind of a a little bit more hectic this week than it was the last time you were in here. In that, there's so many things going on in terms of world news. We've got now it's 2020, so we're in a, an election year, and on top of that, we have an impeachment going on. And uh, it, 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 has it has it ever been this? I don't know, confusing or just, you know, where so many things are going on. And in the past, you, can you can you relate to this at all? I mean, obviously, you would have to just go to the one of the other impeachment <laughs> impeachment years. But well, we have a lot going on right now. Yes. Um, but uh, 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 we've got a, sort of a dual focus uh, with the uh, uh, killing of uh, General Soleimani, the Iranian uh, general. Um, uh, now we've got a foreign policy uh, focus, and uh, uh, we also uh, have the, as you referenced, the impeachment focus, domestic politics, and uh, uh, the Democrats are uh, less than a month away now from the first uh, uh, outcome uh, the, the, in, in their nominating process, the Iowa caucus. So, yeah, we're juggling a lot of balls right now, and that makes the political world in our society very interesting today. And that makes our job in this one hour so much more important. We've got to inform everybody of everything. Uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes, the Democratic National Committee's... Uh, the, the state Democratic Party oh, leader. The, okay, there we go. Uh, ben Wickler will be in studio. No, he won't be in studio. He'll be calling in, and uh, we could talk to him. And a couple of things that, that are going on just, just in the next week... Uh, obviously, Donald Trump's coming to UW-Milwaukee on Tuesday. At the same time, the Democrats are having a debate in Des Moines. And uh, so th- so there's a, those are the co- a couple of things that we'll talk about with, with Wickler. Right. Uh, okay. How, how do you take – do you do – you, do you, how do you take in the debates? Do you do you watch them? Do you just read about them later? Do you, do you find that they're important at this point when there are just so many people on stage? Um, well, with so we, we've whittled it. The Democrats have whittled it down to uh, the last debate seven uh, people. I think uh, in a week there might might be seven again. Um, but I, I think you've already brought up President Trump in Milwaukee the same night as the debate, and uh, uh, the president is uh, uh, pretty successful uh, in keeping his audience, his uh, uh, element of support, focused on himself as the Democrats are uh, uh, debating among themselves, uh, aspiring to the, uh, their party's nomination. That's what, that's what President Trump will be doing in Milwaukee uh, the same night as the uh, Democratic uh, debate in, in Iowa. Has a president done as much I don't know if you want to call it campaigning or just parading around the country and doing these rallies in the past. Well, n- not not in the fashion of President Trump uh, in terms of these um, uh, pretty obvious political campaign rallies. Uh, presidents have gotten out to the public 
uh, previously, but but more in a sense of going to places to deliver speeches, uh, uh, doing events which garner them attention, but it, it's not the campaign focus which Donald Trump has uh, maintained. His uh, one reason he won the election was that uh, effectiveness in these campaign rallies. Uh, it was quite a quite a phenomenon, uh, and uh, of course enough people caught on to it that uh, although losing the popular vote by three million, uh, he was able to win a fairly substantial electoral college uh, victory, um, and uh, he seems to be very comfortable in this kind of campaign rally mode. Uh, it it uh, I don't think it's too. Um, much of a stretch to say that it's a, a continuation of his reality TV experience, and he does seem to be very um, uh, well. He's good at it, of course. He keeps his audience. Would well, be a nice ego boost if you're at a thing and only you only allow people who love you in there. You kick anyone out who protests. Cause... Well, of course, early on in the 2016 <laughs> campaign, there were people who protested, yeah. uh, and and there were some altercations. Um, right. There are protesters outside well, still, the event. They st- there's still every once in a while, well, you know, at these at these rallies with Trump, if somebody gets in and they're protesting, you surround the 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 people surround that person and chant Trump and point at the person. That's how they they, yeah. they point these people out. But uh, you know, who wouldn't want to go to a place that's that's you know got thousands of people and and they're they're all chanting and laughing at you or whatever what not maybe with you or they're laughing with you uh but that seems like a pretty nice little ego boost for anyone well i i think many many commentators have made just this this point about the president he's he really uh he's in his element when he's uh, in these uh, campaign rallies most presidents uh, historically uh, in the modern age at least uh, have have not had campaign rallies throughout their their presidency most presidents have waited until the campaign season all right so 608-785-7914 the talk and text line we're going to take a quick break for news and then we're going to get and i'm going to say it wrong again because in my head i have dnc party of wisconsin chair he is the chair of the uh, democratic party of wisconsin democratic party of wisconsin chair ben wickler is going to call in so if you got questions for Keith Knutson, the Turple Political Science Professor, or Ben Wickler, give us a call, shoot us a text. We'll be back in a minute. I'm Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, Keith Knutson, the Turbo Political Scientist, Political Science Professor, Scientist too, I guess. I it's always funny to say that. Again, I think uh Bunsen Beakers and Bunsen Burners and Beakers. Uh but on the phone with me now. Democratic Party Chair of Wisconsin, Ben Wickler. Hey, Ben, how's it going? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. Kind of boring times. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I guess you know <laughs> we'll make so, we'll we'll make something up. Uh, what what do you see? Uh, you know, you, 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 do you want to talk about next Tuesday right away, or what do you want to get into? Uh, we can we can go into it. I mean, we've got Trump coming to Wisconsin because he knows that Wisconsin is the tipping point state in 2020. And I think somewhere in the back of his brain, he knows that he has broken a lot of the promises that he made that helped him win here last time. So I think he's kind of scrambling to make it up to all the dairy farmers who've gone bankrupt and you know folks who've gotten laid off from their jobs in different parts of the state, and especially the folks worried about their health care and their drug costs. 
uh, he's got to find some way to get them back on his side. Otherwise, he's going to lose here next year. Do you think all these? Do you think all these rallies that he's doing are are helping him as they as they continue, or are people kind of getting sick of it? They're, they're almost comical uh, in my eyes when I see some of the clips. You know, the thing that he's doing that I give him credit for is that when people show up for his rallies, he gets their contact information, and then they follow up with them, and they get them to donate, and they get them to to volunteer. So that is a, that's a smart organizing strategy. I think the key thing is that when people who are not already huge fans of his see him talking, <laughs> more and more people find it repulsive. I mean, he he wanders, he attacks people, he says things that aren't true over and over again, and it's kind of an insult to the intelligence of Wisconsinites uh, that he says this stuff. He, You know, last spring he said in a speech that dairy farmers in Wisconsin were over the hump, and at that time, and still, two to three dairy farmers are going bankrupt every day in Wisconsin. And that kind of stuff does not help them at all. And we'll be able to remind people of the things he says. I don't know what the most insulting lie he'll come up with uh, on Tuesday will be, but we're going to make sure that people don't forget about it. What are the odds you think he'll actually lie? I don't know. He might not lie Tuesday. I My impression <laughs> is the average rally, he lies like 40 to 50 times. Uh, so it would be a a pigs flying type miracle if he got through his entire rally speech without saying a single thing that he knows uh, wasn't true. Um, these, these, you know, obviously this rally is going on at UW Milwaukee Tuesday. Maybe it's not obvious, but uh, on the flip side in Des Moines, we're having democratic debate. Uh, what do you see? These, these debates keep happening. They're slim. They're trimming down the, the number of candidates. Do you, do you as the democratic party chair, do you get to have an opinion on who you like? In, in the debate so far? I am constitutionally bound uh, by the state party to not have an opinion. And I also think it's critical that people know and that it is, in fact, true that the party is neutral in the primary. This is something that voters should decide. The, the party should not put a thumb on the scale so that whoever the nominee winds up being, the folks whose who's preferred candidate didn't win know that they had a fair shake and whoever one knows that you know we're there to help them. We we are overriding priority, and the number one thing for Democrats and you know moderates and disaffected Republicans and full blooded you know full throated Republicans who just know that Trump is a is a disaster is to stop that guy from getting reelected and to make sure that we elect someone who's committed to the basic values that really unite Wisconsinites across the political divide. Like everyone should have decent health care and good quality schools and roads they can drive on. This this bread and butter stuff that should be obvious and somehow it's always the last priority for a president who seems to want to enrich himself and his friends. You're constitutionally bound not to have an opinion, but was th- was there talk radio when this was written? Because I feel like we need an amendment. <laughs> <laughs> I, here's what I'll say. I think recent history proves that people across the ideological spectrum can win elections in Wisconsin. And the key thing that will distinguish a winning candidate here is the ability to show up in all parts of the state, in you know, east, west, north, south, in rural parts of the state, in cities, talking to you know dairy farmers and talking to you know communities of color and tribal nations. Like you have to show up everywhere and actually listen and talk about the things that matter to people in their lives. And that is that if you do that, you can be you know anywhere on the on the ideological map. And as we've demonstrated, you can still win this state. So I don't think I don't think that there's um, one particular model for victory other than showing up and 
actually listening to people and connecting with them. And that's what I tell all the presidential campaigns. Uh, and I encourage them to spend time here. And I encourage them to, you know, not just go to Madison or Milwaukee. You can't, you've, we've got to fight for every vote. And we do that by showing voters the respect to actually listen to what they have to say. You could tell anyone that comes to lacrosse, just tell them to bring pothole patch with them because that's all anybody cares about here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it is a pretty contentious issue here, the roads. I mean, anytime the, the city tries to do something that isn't road-related but spends money, uh, everyone complains that we have potholes. It, it is a, it's a tax. It's a hidden tax on Wisconsinites that we have to pay for new tires over and over and over because the roads are so bad. It, it just moves the cost you know, onto people to you know, pay for their cars to be fixed instead of fixing, fixing the roads and saving everyone money at an individual level. And this is something where you would think that Republicans would have gotten a clue from the election results. Democrats swung, uh, uh, won every statewide race for the first time since 1982 in 2018. And then our state legislators refused to you know, make the level of investment that the governor was asking for and had a mandate for. Uh, but this is something we just got to fix. Uh, ben, get set here. We're going to bring Eric from Sparta. He's calling in. Eric, you're on with Keith and Ben and me. Go ahead. Yeah, could you, uh, my number, tell the lies that President Trump has said during every campaign stop. List them, number one through 40. He said 40 to 50 every time. Can you list them personally? Can you list them yourself, sir? Because you, you asserted that, and I was going to, can you do that? Eric, it's only an hour show. Ben, you, do you have it in your pocket? Like a, it's a scroll that keeps getting longer, right? It's it's just it, it, you you unravel the scroll and it rolls down to the floor and and out of the room, right? Extraordinarily long list. Uh, there's a reporter named Daniel Dale who used to be for the at the Toronto Star and now is a CNN correspondent who goes to each of the rallies and he live tweets and does live fact checking across the lot. So uh, I would be happy if if it would be useful to you to to pull up Daniel Dale's Twitter feed and go through lie by lie. Um, but I'll tell you that the biggest lie that Donald Trump has told uh, is telling working folks that he's on their side. His, you know, that was his, his big lie in his campaign in, in 2016, telling people he was going to protect Social Security and Medicare, telling people he was going to make their health care better. And then he gets into office and he goes in exactly the opposite direction. He gets into office and he proposes huge cuts to Medicare, cuts to Social Security, cuts to health care, all the fun tax cuts for the richest people in the country. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of folks, uh, folks who might have voted for him before, thinking he's a different kind of Republican, he showed his true stripes once he actually had the chance to, to sign bills and propose budgets. This guy is trying to raid the pantry to, you know, the folks who have the most, and and that's something that we just can't afford another four years of. Hey, uh, Ben, this is Keith Knutson in the studio with Rick. Um, it uh, I just heard on the news uh, a few days back that uh, the tax load in Wisconsin was uh, down about uh, one-tenth of a percent again this year, and uh, since uh, Governor Walker's election in 2010, uh, uh, for those people who are worried about uh, tax load, and that uh, uh, has an influence on their their, their voting decision, uh, how do uh, uh, party candidates in the Democratic Party uh, counteract this uh, uh, fact of the of the matter uh, that uh, taxes have gone down? Uh, now, let me answer my question myself. Uh, we've already talked about one of them. The 
uh, the so-called Scott holes of the 2018 election and, and bad roads. Uh, but that is a powerful uh, issue for many people. And uh, how can we, uh, uh, how can uh, uh, Democratic candidates counteract that? I really appreciate that question. The Wisconsin tax burden, according to the, the latest study, is at a 50-year low. It is lower than it's ever been. And the, the thing that that doesn't include is that there are still these taxes, like the tax of, of Scott Holes, or Potholes, excuse me, and the tax of health insurance premiums being higher than they need to be because of public policy decisions that the, you know, Walker and the, the continued Republican state legislature have made. If Wisconsin accepted federal funds for, for health care, for Medicaid expansion, the, according to the experience of all the other states and the top studies, it would reduce the cost of health insurance premiums for everyone, whether or not you're on Medicaid. And if we invest in fixing our roads to the extent that we need it, that actually uh, reduces the cost uh, for vehicle repairs for everybody. And so there are these hidden costs. And I think that's one of the things Democrats can talk about. Ultimately, people worry most about the overall impact on their pocketbook of the cost of prescription drugs and health care, of the cost of paying for college, of child care, uh, and of taxes. All those things are just you know on the, the wrong side of the balance sheet when you're, when you're looking at your family budget. And Democrats consistently advocate for policies that make middle class and, and working families better off. That is, that is the core commitment of the party. That's the thing that's the through line across all the candidates on the Democratic side. That's who they're looking out for. And that's what Trump claimed in 2016 and then ran away from uh, in a sprint the second he got elected. So I think that's the, the contrast to draw. And, you know, when people think about the things that are squeezing them economically, um, it is, you know, taxes is, is one piece of the equation, but it's also just the cost of living. And Democratic proposals attack all those things. And those are the things that will make the difference, I think, in 2020. Yeah, important point. I think another uh, a, a polling issue, and I'm not a pollster myself, but uh, uh, in uh, 2010 when uh, Obamacare, uh, the Affordable Care Act, I'm prepared to call it Obamacare. I think it was a, a very courageous decision by the president to carry through uh, on uh, getting health care reform, health insurance reform to some extent. Uh, Obamacare now is uh, uh, a popular with uh, a significant majority of, of Americans. And so we see that there is a, a capacity for the Democratic Party to implement reform, which initially uh, uh, many people were, were hesitant about. Americans, many Americans have a natural instinct to uh, be opposed to, to government programs. But here now we see uh, uh, something that President Trump has uh, now for three years tried to uh, undo, undermine, even get rid of. Uh, and uh, uh, the Democrats themselves are having discussions about how to how to grapple with uh, health care and even further reform. Uh, do you have some thoughts for us on that one? You know, I grew up uh, with pretty severe asthma. And when I was growing up, my mom always told me, when you're older, never leave a job unless you have the next one lined up and never take a job that doesn't offer health care benefits because you'll never be able to buy insurance on the private market for yourself. And I, you know, grew up with this sort of fear in the pit of my stomach that if I didn't have health insurance through my job, I wasn't going to be able to get it. And that changed with the Affordable Care Act. That changed because we put in protections for people with pre-existing conditions. And then I had my son, and I had the same experience my mom did, my son waking up in the middle of the night, hardly able to breathe. And it was terrifying, but it didn't have the 
the added terror of worrying that he wouldn't be able to get health insurance coverage when he was older. So this is you know personal for me. I think it's personal for pretty much everyone because everyone either has a pre-existing condition or is going to get one. That's it's that's kind of the human condition, and it's now unimaginable to go back to the dark ages. That's why so many millions of Americans stood up and fought for health care when when Trump was reelected. Uh, he was planning to take away protections for pre-existing conditions on day one. He was going to repeal the Affordable Care Act, repeal Obamacare on his first day in office, and he, he was unable to do it because so many people stood and fought. And that is the effect of doing the right thing. And it doesn't always pay off right away politically, but putting in policies that actually make people's lives better, people don't want to go back when that happens. And that has been, you know, that is what FDR did and created this enduring Democratic majority for many, many years in Congress. Uh, that is the, you know, what happened after LBJ passed the Medicare and Medicaid. Those things became uh, inviolate. They became the, the third rail of American politics. And um, I think Democrats are going to keep on doing that, looking for problems in people's lives that can only be solved through joining our forces together and making laws that reflect our values. Um, and doing all that, keeping in mind freedom and individual responsibility, all those things coexist with the fact that there are some problems that we can only solve together. And when we when we do the right thing, it ultimately is good for our politics, too. Yeah, thanks. All right, Ben. Ben, we have Ben Wickler, the Democratic Party chair of Wisconsin, in on the phone. Keith Knutson, political scientist from Viterbo in studio. Ben, will you be able to stick with us? We got to hit a news break here. Are you going to stick around, or do you got to go? I can I can stay for another another click of the dial. So happy to stay through the through the break here. Okay, we'll be back. Uh, I got a couple of calls and a couple of texts I want to get to when we come back on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. You guys want to get in here, 608-785-7914, talking text line. Keith Knutson, Viterbo political scientist in studio. Ben Wickler, Democratic Party chair of Wisconsin, on the phone. Um, ben, we got a couple of calls and a couple of texts, so we're just going to go right to those right away if you want to you want to listen in here. Okay. Uh, all right, I believe Pete has been waiting. Pete, go ahead. Hey, thanks, Rick. I was just going to say that, uh, you know, you're going to blame uh, uh, the 500 farmers on Trump. I know that's the uh, game plan, but in reality, Nancy Pelosi could have signed the USMCA a long time ago, held it up and uh, over this stupid impeachment thing. Well, first she said uh, uh, they wanted to uh, improve uh, historic labor reforms for Mexican workers, you know, and, and uh, have the unions renegotiate their own contracts. But they could have done that a long time ago. And what are they doing? Goofing around, trying to impeach somebody. They only have one witness, a direct witness, and he's got exculpatory evidence. It's going to go nowhere. It's like beating a dead horse. Meanwhile, you're trying to blame Trump for the farmers when they could have passed the USMCA and had a brand-new negotiating deal, and it might not have saved everybody. I'm not saying it would have saved everyone, but I'm saying that it would have uh, even the playing field uh, for Wisconsin farmers. All right, go ahead, Ben. Hey, Pete, listen, I, I appreciate the call. If if you notice Donald Trump coming up with an emergency rescue plan for Wisconsin dairy farmers, tell me where to find it, because I have not seen it. He, Donald Trump proposed, and he got passed billions of dollars in aid to farms, and it went to the biggest farms instead of the small ones. And then his agriculture secretary came to Wisconsin and explained that that was actually their policy. He said, he said at the Dairy Expo that in America, you either get big or you get out. 
And the farmers I talked to heard that and, and said, that made me feel like there's no place for me in this industry anymore. We've got multiple problems facing our dairy industry, as, as I'm sure you know. One of them is our trade policies, including uh, what's happening with China, the, the tariffs on uh, you know, the parts that allow people to fix their machinery. Uh, the other part is the price of milk is so low because of monopoly, because the biggest agribusiness have, have bought up you know, many, many farms, flooded the market. And that problem is something that Trump is running the wrong direction on. We need a president who actually understands what's happening in rural Wisconsin, rural America, and does something about it rather than delivering platitudes and telling people to either get over it or become huge, which is not an option for, for your average family farmer. So I appreciate the call. Respectfully disagree. Yeah, and hey, Pete, I think it's important to remember um, the Democrats in the House of Representatives negotiated with uh, the president's uh, trade team and got those benefits uh, for labor so that uh, the FLCIO signed on to uh, the reform NAFTA, USMCA, as President Trump wants to call it. Uh, And so uh, I would say that the Democrats did some darned hard work. Uh, on improving uh, the Trump administration negotiation. Uh, and I, th- I think that's why we see labor, uh, some of whom might have voted for Donald Trump, uh, very supportive of uh, this new uh, North American trade deal. Um, and uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats deserve a lot of the credit um, in uh, uh, making that a, a, a better deal for working Americans. Uh, we got a texter in here. I don't know who it is, so just an anonymous text here, but... When we, if we want to get back to healthcare for a little bit, I could talk about healthcare every day. I think uh, I want to get to the point where I don't have to think about health insurance and healthcare, <laughs> and I can just go to the doctor because my uh, calves don't work right now and I can't play basketball. But this texter yeah. says the Obama health plan was supposed to lower premiums, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, made my health insurance go from a hundred dollar deductible to a thirty four hundred dollar out of pocket expense. Certainly not a good thing for me. Uh, can you can you go into uh, why that's happening, Ben? Yeah, the deductibles are, are a crisis, no question. And, you know, having a high deductible health plan, unless something goes seriously wrong, it can feel like not having health insurance. Frankly, this is something where, you know, not a single Republican voted for the Affordable Care Act. Uh, if we'd been able to build a, if we'd been able to get Republicans to actually come on board and not shoot holes in it, uh, we could have had a much stronger proposal. And that's one reason why every Democrat uh, wants to, wants to, go further in the direction of making reforms we need. The Affordable Care Act solved a couple of problems in the health system. One of them is your health insurance company can no longer kick you off of your plan if you get sick. It used to be, it used to happen to people all the time. We don't have lifetime caps. We don't have annual caps. They can no longer refuse to sell you insurance because you have a pre-existing condition. They, they used to be able to do that. Uh, and you can stay, if you're a kid, you can stay in your parents' health insurance until you're 26. That's a, a, a huge change that makes a difference in millions of people's lives. Those are things that pretty much everyone supports. No one wants to get rid of them except for elected Republicans who seem hell-bent on getting rid of them. But there's no question that we have to do more. And the, the, the number one thing we have to address is cost. I, I would point to deductibles and copays, and the other thing is prescription drug costs. This is something where Democrats have passed bills through the House. Trump has refused to sign them. He's broken his own promises about making sure that Medicare can negotiate with with drug companies. He refuses to do that now, even though he ran on it and knows that it's the right decision and very popular. So we've got to tackle cost, and that means we've got to elect someone who's not in the pocket of the big insurance companies and the big drug companies. We've got to elect someone who's who's ready to actually do the fight and sign the bills that the Democrats have been 
working on trying to get Republicans to support for years. Bernie Sanders. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Uh, Nathan texts in, if young men are required to register for the draft, why isn't it required that all 18-year-olds are uh, olds register to vote and be re- required to vote instead of, and he puts in, in uh, parentheses, Republicans removing voters from the voting rolls? Why isn't this mandatory? Would you support that? Uh, so I, I can't speak to mandatory voting, but I can say automatic voter registration is a great idea. It works in states across the country, and Republicans are scared of it because they're, to this point, the Republican Party is afraid of democracy actually working. It says in the Capitol, it's described in the Capitol, the fighting Bob fall. it's, quote, the, the will of the people is the law of the land. That's, that's supposed to be how democracy works. But we have a state where Democrats won 54% of the votes for the state assembly, and Republicans got 63% of the seats because they gerrymandered it so badly. And we can see their strategy in operation now with this voter purge. It's, it disproportionately targets young people, people of color, people who move a lot, people who rent and might not have the means to stay in the same place for a long period of time. And uh, it is it is heinous. Uh, we are going to have to organize our way out of this mess to be able to fight and restore some democracy. And, you know, if we had a state legislature that was was ready to, to live up to the democratic ideals of our state, uh, then we would have automatic voter registration for everyone. You'd be able to, you'd be automatically registered to vote when you get your driver's license. And we'd make sure that, you know, the government's pretty good at tracking down and knowing who individuals are when it comes to you know, getting taxes and, and all that kind of stuff. We can figure out who people are without imposing uh, giant hurdles on their ability to register to vote and cast a ballot. Uh, we can have terrific security in our elections and have everybody included at the same time. It's only folks who, who want to exclude people from voting who make it uh, sound like there's a contradiction between those. All right, Ben Wickler on the phone. Democratic Party Chair of Wisconsin, Keith Knutson in studio, political scientist from Viterbo. Uh, Gary is calling in. Gary, is this Gary? You're on the phone with uh, these guys. <laughs> yeah, hey, Rick. Uh, just curious, why would you cut that one guy off? He's talking about Nancy Pelosi and the farm bill, and, and these two guys were talking about everything. And uh, I kind of want to hear his response. Why don't you give him a call back? I really want to hear that because you, you just cut. I know you cut people off. Okay. But Do you have a question for these guys or not? Huh? Do you have a question for these guys? No. Okay. Thanks for the call. Uh, Bob, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, I guess I, maybe you can defend yourself. Um, the Democrats, uh, <laughs> um, every one of their candidates say a, a woman should be able to get an abortion right to the day of birth. All of them are for this climate change hoax. Um the, they want to eliminate gas and oil. If we do that, our economy will collapse so fast, and we'll go into a depression we'll never get out of. Maybe if the Democrats, Pelosi and them, uh, would quit trying to get him kicked out of office for not doing anything wrong, maybe he could help the people in Wisconsin. All right. So, Ben, you got anything to say there? Yeah, I mean, I'll speak to the, the second point specifically on climate change, if you look at the fastest-growing jobs in our country, they are in things like solar installers and wind turbine installers. They're in building the new energy economy. They're in building you know, electric cars and parts for, for things that operate more efficiently. There's a huge economic opportunity. And I think the, the real question is, are we willing to, to seize that opportunity, or are we going to be held, held back by the fossil fuel lobby? 
I, you know, I hope folks will listen to scientists. Overwhelming, like 90, 98%, 99% of scientists agree that we are heading towards a climate catastrophe because of, of all the carbon we're burning and putting in the atmosphere. But even if you don't agree with the science, you can see the economic opportunity of moving to the clean energy economy that's, that's hurtling our way. And we can either let China or other countries you know, lead the way and capture the jobs and build the equipment yeah. that folks are going to use to make power in the future, or we can grab the future ourselves. And frankly, I, I'd rather that America take the lead here. And in addition to that, uh, we're uh, now watching halfway around the world uh, the fires in Australia, uh, uh, record heat in Australia this year, and uh, we, we're, we're now living uh, the ramifications, the results of uh, global climate change. So uh, uh, President Trump just uh, tried to take uh, withdraw an Obama-era regulation where uh, with uh, uh, extraction uh, resource uh, development, we'd have to consider climate change. Uh, President Trump wants the uh, uh, oil industry to, uh, and the extraction industry to be able to go forward with all their projects without any consideration of what we're witnessing before our very eyes coming to us from Australia. So I, I think the caller uh, is just uh, not following uh, developments that uh, have uh, potentially dire consequences for many people on this planet, including us. Ben, um, Bob, Bob's call earlier said also that, you know, this is a, a phrase everyone loves to use, uh, do nothing Democrats. The House isn't doing anything. All they're trying to do is focus in on impeachment. Can you speak to uh, what the House is actually doing that, that nobody touts because it just sits in the Senate and doesn't get voted on? Yes. Uh, Democrats have passed almost 400 bills through the House an extraordinary array of policies speaking exactly to the, the issues that, you know, Wisconsinites are waking up in the morning thinking about and going to bed worrying about. The first bill they passed, H.R. 1, was an anti-corruption bill that would have done more than has been done in decades to clean up, to get money out of politics, to make legislators accountable to their constituents instead of their donors. That's something that is a bipartisan priority among the actual public, uh, but it's something that uh, Republicans, for reasons because the system as it is, the reason why they're in office, uh, don't want to do. So uh, that was the number one thing, that the For the People Act of 2019. Uh, but they have passed bills to reduce the cost of prescription drugs. They've passed bills to protect clean water and our natural resources. They've passed the Veterans Access to Child Care Act, which is you know something I hope your caller would agree with. Uh, they've passed a ton of different pieces of legislation, and what happens is they go through the House, they're sent over to the Senate, and then Mitch McConnell puts them on a shelf because all he wants to do is confirm judges and cover for Donald Trump's crimes. So I, I you know, I, I hope your caller will take a look at the, the actual record of the House. When Paul Ryan was the Speaker, he passed health care repeal 87 times, and everyone knew what he was doing because there was one thing he was doing over and over, which is trying to take away Americans' health care. Democrats have been trying to support health care, support child care, support transparency and, and uh, clean government. All these things that, frankly, should have bipartisan support, and Republicans are doing nothing about them. Yeah, I think that's why uh, maybe this 2020 election is, is as important it is to, to vote for who you want as president. We also need to, if you're a Democrat, flip the Senate to get things done. Absolutely. All right, Ben. Well, we, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, the other thing is uh, we have seen Mitch McConnell be willing to go to, to any length to not fill 
open positions in government, not confirm cabinet secretaries for, for President Obama, to hold Merrick Garland's seat, uh, you know, prevent an actual vote on confirming him to the Supreme Court. So we've, we've got to win the White House, and we've got to make sure that the, the Senate doesn't stay in Mitch McConnell's hands. That guy has smashed more traditions and norms in Democratic governance than even Donald Trump, and that's saying a lot. So, uh, you know, we're not a Senate state in, in 2020 in Wisconsin, but I hope uh, I hope folks listening in from, from other states are going to do everything they can to elect Democrats to the Senate uh, as we make sure that in the tipping point state in the Electoral College, Trump doesn't get reelected. All right. Thanks, Ben. Uh, that's Ben Wickler, the Democratic Party chair of Wisconsin. Thanks for joining us today, man. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. All right. Bye. All right. We're going to take another quick break, real quick break, and we'll be back. I know a couple of you were waiting on hold. I'll, I'll get to you when we come back from the break right here on Wisdom. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Still in here with me, Keith Knutson, the Turbo Political Science Professor. We got about five minutes, so I'm going to try to get some of these texts, some of these calls uh, right away. I'm going to go to the phones. Caller, who's this? You're on the air. This is Joe. Hey, Joe, go ahead. Hey, I just want to make two quick points. I think it's laughable that if demon rats were uh, in charge, that they wouldn't hold up the court hearings. Like, obviously, they would do the same thing. And then the other point I want to make. As a lot of us, we understand that the Earth is warming right now, but we also understand that it is so narcissistic to think that you can do anything about it. The humans have nothing to do with the cycle, the warming, the cooling of the Earth. The Earth's been a lot colder, and the Earth's been a lot warmer than it has been, than it is. It's going to be again, and there's nothing that puny little humans can do about it. So stop being so narcissistic and think you can control the weather. All right. Thanks, Joe. Uh, you're totally wrong, but that's fine. Uh, Eric from Sparta. Maybe he might not be wrong in the fact that we can't do anything about it because we're at a tipping point here where we, you know, there there might be no turning back and our lives are going to change forever. But uh, I don't know. Do you have anything to say in that regard? Keith? Well, certainly the planet has uh, uh, had variations in its uh, temperature, um, ice ages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think the evidence is pretty clear that for, let's say, 200 years now, we've been uh, burning fossil fuels through our industrial revolution. Um, and I don't mean to uh, uh, denigrate the caller, but it, it, to me it uh, seems quite self-evident that uh, burning so much carbon uh, and putting uh, the pollutants into the atmosphere uh, has to have had uh, an effect on uh, uh, how the planet is uh, warming uh, these days. Yeah, you, um, can, you can look at a timeline of, of the, the Earth's temperature and right around the Industrial Revolution – it starts to go up, and it goes up exponentially, right. it, it, way way more so than any other period in time. Sure. In the 19th century, we burn coal. Uh, then, of course, we get into oil, natural gas. Um, uh, I, I don't I, – I, you quoted it earlier, 90 out of, uh, of the scientists, 99% uh, are in agreement that uh, we are impacting uh, the climate. And the 1% who argue against, uh, I think they're generally funded by the fossil fuel industry. All right, we got a couple of taxes, uh, taxes, texts in here, uh, texts on taxes and taxes on tax. Uh, Mike Donahue texted in or, uh, that the next election will be a landslide. Didn't say who or where, but that's just what he says. Uh, that's quite a prediction. Um, libertarian guy believes uh, with the, the, the House passing 400 bills, he says 400 bills that would destroy our way of life. Oh, well, you know, I've got a soft spot for a libertarian guy, uh, but I, I think a lot of those bills would be very beneficial to our society. And, of course, uh, 
our, our libertarian uh, contributor uh, is just naturally opposed to uh, government programs. And I think what we find in healthcare when we compare ourselves with every other democratic society, uh, doing this collectively and having the government involved in some way, shape, or form in setting up the system, uh, lower costs and better results. Um, but uh, we'll look forward to further conversation with Libertarian Guy in the future. All right. Uh, Eric, Eric's been holding forever. So, Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, Mr. Knutson, can you give me any reason why Jeremy Corbyn, this anti-Jew fellow, lost his ass in the race elections? Can you give me an answer to that? Who, who, who is this? Jeremy Corbyn. Oh, 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 Jerry Mary Corbin, the the labor leader. Um, yeah, anti-Semite, I may say. Um, uh, actually, British politics is uh, something I follow pretty closely. Uh, I think Corbin lost because of his uh, waffling position on Brexit, and uh, it does seem from the uh, uh, election outcome, uh, the British public uh, was prepared to uh, as. Uh, uh, Boris Johnson like to say, "Get Brexit done." Uh, for from my perspective, I think that's a counterproductive development uh, for Britain. Um, but uh, uh, it looks like they are going to get out, uh, and uh, 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 my position would be it's going to have a negative impact on their economy. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get into. I, I think we only have thirty seconds, so we really can't dive into Brexit. So let's get off. Of that. Let's get off Brexit. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Eric, for bringing up Brexit. Oh, the worst. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for today. Uh, thanks, Keith. Uh, wh what do you think? In, do you have 10, 10, 20 seconds on what the next week is going to be about? Do, do well, I, one, I think we wonder if uh, the confrontation with Iran is uh, going to be closing down after uh, uh, the Iranians shot a few missiles. And, of course, that uh, Ukrainian plane went down and... Uh, uh, some people are thinking that uh, perhaps it was even uh, shot down by uh, an Iranian missile. All right, that's going to do it for Lacrosse Talk PM. Keith's prediction for next week, when he comes back on Thursday, is that the House will deliver the articles of impeachment to the Senate. See you tomorrow.